Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The reasons why people buy, you know, the one for personal use, one is for investment. And if it is for investment, I always ask them to follow the acronym THINK. Think when you invest. Think means timing. And then what's your holding capacity? The information that you need about macro and microeconomic influences on the property. N is the need. What is your investment objectives? Do you want capital appreciation or do you want recurring income for that? And then K is the knowledge on financial management. How much budget do you have and how much do you have for to allocate for that one? So think, invest. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon from wherever you're watching from here in the Philippines or all over the world. Again, good evening. My name is RJ Ledesma and welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ledesma Podcast. It's a lovely Thursday, rainy evening. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy here tonight because finally, finally, after a month and a half, as we've entered now level four over here in Manila with the new classification, we've finally been allowed to have Alfresco dining one more time in our uh, Mercato Outdoor Markets and also in our Mercato United Kitchen in Ayalamo Circuit, Makati. Very happy for that one. So again, thank you so much to the efforts of the DPI and the IATF. And please remember that patronize the food and beverage industries here in Metro Manila. Uh, they've had a really difficult month and a half just to stay open so that their employees could take home some paychecks for their families. At the same time, they made sure that everybody there was fully vaccinated. So again, please patronize our restaurants. And don't forget, if you're going to eat indoors in the restaurants, please bring your vaccination card so that they can verify your vaccination status and allow you to eat inside. So again, please support the hand po ninyo yung ating mga F&B industries, especially those who are part of the restaurant owners of the Philippines or Resto PH. Again, thanks so much. And I'd also like to thank the efforts of our president, uh, Eric Tang for helping us uh, get our restaurants back on track. So again, thanks so much for joining us on the RJ Ledesma podcast. Now, in my podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about business, what are their success secrets, and can we hack those success secrets, how they've also innovated their businesses during this pandemic, and more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging in this period of the new normal. Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? I would love to do so. Please drop me a message. We are also live right now on Kumu, CBRC TV, Global Pinas TV, and of course, the Bounce Back Network. Now, tonight, uh, one more special announcement. You know what? There's been just a lot of people asking if I can interview them here on the show. So, you know what? Um, and a lot of entrepreneurs saying that they're gaining a lot of nuggets of wisdom from listening to our show. Very thankful to all of you who support the RJ Ledesma podcast. And because of that one, 
I think we're going to be doing this twice a week now on Tuesday and Thursday, interviewing different personalities uh, for the show. So again, if you know somebody whom you think is an interesting business person, he's got a really great business model or is up and coming or is an established businessman and you really want to learn their secrets and they're willing to share, please let me know. I would love to have them here on the show. And tonight I discuss an industry that is very, very close to my heart and that is real estate here in the Philippines, particularly real estate development. And tonight I've got two very special guests coming up on the RJ Ledesma podcast. Now, my first guest, he's a legend. They know him as Mr. Pating, or rather the shark, the king shark of the real estate industry here in the Philippines. He has trained literally thousands of real estate salespeople, brokers, and sales practitioners. He is Alejandro Andy Manyala. He's the chairman and co-founder of Habitas Developments. He has had over 30 years of experience in real estate, pero hindi po halata sa kanyang itsura. He specializes in high-end project selling. He rose now from the ranks from being a sales agent to holding top executive positions in several major real estate developers as a result of being a consistent sales champion. Together with Andy Manyalak is a frequent partner in crime for him when it comes to giving uh, conferences and lectures on real estate here in the Philippines. That's Joey Bondok. Joey Bondok is the Associate Director and Head of Research of Colliers International. Joey is primarily tasked to produce high-quality property reports covering office, residential, retail, leisure, and industrial sectors. And he contributes to the Pan-Asian Real Estate Reports, gathering primary and secondary property data and more. And tonight, no, we want to discuss really what's been happening to the real estate industry. And because of the clamor, we'll be taking it segment by segment. Like for tonight, we'll be discussing primarily the area of Calabarzon or Calamba, Laguna, Rizal, and Quezon, and Batangas as well, no? And we're very happy to be discussing all these different provinces right now uh, because there are opportunities to be had, especially in times of, you know, especially during crisis times. There's always a silver lining, especially when it comes to real estate, especially during the new normal at the same time. So please welcome to the front of the stage, both Andy Manyala and Joey Bondok. Guys, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Was Andy, Hi, yep. Hi, good evening, good day, good morning, good afternoon, good good. Everything. Everything is good. Everyone. Everything is good. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank and Joey, for having us here. Hi, Joey. Hi, sir. Hey, Joey. So before everything else, I'd like to put some context to the situation I'd like to discuss here this evening as we discuss the different opportunities that exist in the Calabarzon area. Uh, and at the same time, if you've got questions that you want to ask or insight that you want to gain about uh, real estate opportunities, particularly here in these areas, Please comment in the comment box so I can ask those questions to both Boss Andy and to Boss Joey. Now, the context which I wanted to provide over here, Boss Andy and Joey, is this one. No? Like uh, Albert Einstein famously said that in the midst of every crisis, there is always great opportunity. And this is primarily evident when it comes to the industry of real estate because the signs all appear to be here. Clara Cordero, head of research for Cushman and Wakefield Philippines, said the Philippines is still one of the most attractive emerging markets, not only in the Asia-Pacific region, but also in the rest of the global economy. And then uh, David Lee Chu of Lee Chu Property said that the demand for homes continues to pick up as investors take advantage of promotional payments being offered by developers. And OFW remittances continue to be very, very strong. And last but not the least, yung idol natin lahat, very prominent Filipino economist, Dr. Bernie Villegas recently said real estate is and will continue to be a good investment 
at all economic levels of society. But maybe not everybody might be aware, you know. I mean, but to the layman or people who are not really in the industry, they might be thinking, real estate? How can how can real estate be something that is uh, is good at this time? Aren't people trying to keep their money? I mean, they want to preserve cash at this time. And, you know, people can't move around. There's uh, construction delays. So um, I want to get first, uh, more or less, a overall macro perspective. How is the real estate industry doing here in the country, Joey, right after one year after the pandemic? Well, overall, RJ, we're, you know, very positive still with the, what we see in the property space. And uh, we were pleasantly surprised uh, if we look at the residential segment, because uh, even during the uh, pandemic, the take-up really for the housing lot, lot only projects, especially in areas outside of uh, Metro Manila, uh, is really stable. And, um, you know, some of the locations that really stand out are the likes of uh, Cavite, Laguna, and uh, Barangas. What we have learned is that uh, Filipinos, especially those working in Metro Manila, are now looking at options outside of the capital region, outside of Metro Manila. They're looking at less dense communities integrated um, communities, townships in uh, those provinces, uh, Cavite, Laguna, Batangas. And there are several factors that really drive the demand for uh, residential units in these provinces. Uh, one of the reasons, of course, is the improving infrastructure, improving connectivity. So if you travel from Metro Manila to those uh, provinces, uh, that has been hastened and improved by the infrastructure uh, network that uh, the government continues to develop. And a lot of projects are in the pipeline. So really, uh, you know, at Callers, we believe that uh, these projects will help raise the future values, prices of uh, these uh, lot and the lot, residential lot uh, projects. And uh, of course, one of the factors that will facilitate that is uh, the lineup of infrastructure that uh, we see in the market. And uh, you're correct, Arjay, you mentioned OFWs. Uh, in fact, um, the central bank released data, uh, remittances reaching seven-month high for 2021 and 20. 20 uh, remittances reached $33 billion, about the same level that we saw in 2019 and pre-pandemic. And we're again optimistic with the remittances because a lot of economies are uh, starting to uh, expand, they're starting to uh, really um, improve in terms of productivity, in terms of economic uh, output. They're starting to recover. U.S., U.K., Australia, uh, Hong Kong, and, and major Asian economies, which really house a lot of OFW. So, uh, we weren't really surprised with the stable demand that we saw for these residential projects. So we believe that uh, moving forward, there will be a stable demand for these residential units. And uh, consider also the fact that there's what more than 6 million housing backlog. That's right. So That's right. that should really drive the demand moving forward. You know, uh, speaking of you know macroeconomic terms, you really have a lot of factors that should sustain that uh, demand beyond 2021. Fantastic. Sorry, I'm taking the notes actually over here. That's why they got take down the notes as fast as you're as you're spitting them out, Joey. Really great way to start out discussion. Very energetic. At the same time, I just want to thank somebody listening to us here right now. Uh, we've got Boss Anthony uh, Luterio all the way from Cebu, our big boss in uh, Filipino homes. Nathan, let's take a look at his comment over here, uh, saying over here, uh, watching live all the way from Cebu. Thank you so much for the support, uh, Boss Ston Luterio, and of course everybody else listening from. Uh, from Philippine Homes, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate it. If you guys 
want to get some feedback as well. And also, another one, isa pang boss to boss, Herbert Tan. Kumusta, boss? Herbert Tan. Sabi niya, hello, Sir RJ. Ikaw pa yung, ikaw yung sir namin. Hello, Sir RJ and Sir Andy. Uh, mabuhay. Really great to hear from you uh, over here. Um, now, having having said this one, no, I, I want to drill down a bit more uh, from your perspective, Joey. But I also want to go also to, to Boss Andy. Boss Andy, he was saying, no, Joey was saying, and this is very interesting, he wasn't surprised that there was a stability, uh, that the demand would continue to remain stable, particularly uh, for residential. Um, were you also surprised at the performance of residential because of this crisis? Because, syempre, I mean, off the top of my head, people are saying, I don't want to spend money anymore. But if, if you're a regular person, I don't want to spend money in anything. I'll, I'll keep the cash. But then even even in your organization, you see that people are actually spending for, for residential uh, or, or first home developments. Is that true? Me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Being surprised during the first two months, yes, of course. Because after there was a lock, uh, during the lockdown, uh, everything was under uncertain. Right? We don't know what's going to happen, especially when it extended. However, when you, you see, I also watch out for the for the for the reports of Joey. Uh, but aside from that, we're quite, you know, that we're quite close to the developers and the agents all around, all around the, the country. So when we were getting all this news, especially outside NCR, when you listen to the agents in NCR, major problematic because you have all the bulk of the, the units here now. But the way that they were performing outside, you, I was really surprised that some developers were even hitting their all-time highs. I know, I know. Like, yeah. like Cebulan Masters. Cebulan Masters, yeah. They did their all-time high at the peak of that uh, lockdown. Yes. Why? <laughs> they matched. There, there were three things that, that matched it. One, they had the perfect project for, for that area. And then during that time, everybody was locked down. We were locked down. The buyers were locked down. The OFWs. Uh, thank you very much to all the OFWs. In 2008, you saved the Philippines, and now you're doing it all over again. Uh, they're now buying properties. But the trend that we saw now is that they're buying properties in their hometowns. Ten years ago, this was not available. People uh. were buying in the city. There was what you call the, the uh, centripetal migration, if I may borrow it from Romlanat. People were buying in the CBDs, why these were aspirational ownership. These were aspirational investments. So you mga high-end residential condo, that's what you're referring even, to. Even the OFWs wanting to own one in Makati, wanting to own one in BGC. Oh, I have a property there. But now that they were very dependent on, let's say, the rentals for their amortizations, Metro, Metro, they're very much affected. Now there are developers that are offering properties with the same with the same features and benefits na noon nasa Manila lang. Mm. They could only see these projects in Manila. You bring this now to their hometowns. Uh, Butuan, Cagayan de Oro, Davao, Bacolod, Cebu. These areas now, the buyers there now have the chance to own properties which you only see in Metro Manila before at a price much lower than Metro Manila. And they can use it even if they're not able to rent it out. So you will see uh, 
the growth, population growth and economic growth in five in five regions, no, outside NCR. Mm-hmm. You have four A, Tomapara. Region four A, the Calabar zone number one in, in, in growth. And then uh region three, and then five, six, seven. Why is money pouring in, in these areas? The 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 origins of this uh of the beliefs were from these areas. Ah. So, the biggest contributors of uh, of the beliefs are coming from this area. So they are now investing in their hometowns. So look at that direction. Wow. Really great insight from you as well, Boss Andy. And you know, if, if you look here right now uh, at, our, at our comment box here right now, you've got people listening from all over the country, uh, from Naga, from Cebu, from Kamsur, uh, from Bacolod. My goodness, uh, there's even from... Um, of course, from uh, there's also people watching here all the way from uh, Talisay, Cebu, uh, from Idiyuda. Please let us know where you're watching from. We would love to greet all of you guys uh, listening to us here right now. And having said that, Joey, I want to go back to you here right now. We're seeing a strong demand now regionally. And you were really saying that it's a result of people wanting to not just, you know, not anywhere in the city. People are moving out to the province. Are you seeing that as a trend that will be sustained or not sustained here right now because more people are investing in these areas we're likely to see that demand being sustained even post-pandemic 2021 rj in fact uh, even before the covid 19 pandemic we're already seeing a good um, and stable demand for residential house and lot lot only projects including in, in the areas in southern Luzon. and uh, as i mentioned those are cavite laguna as well as uh, Batangas. Uh, what Mr. Anyala mentioned that uh, it's really the OFWs that partly drive that demand, that is correct. The OFWs from Calabarzon, in fact, account for 20% of uh, total OFWs being deployed every year. So just imagine a fifth of Filipinos going abroad every year coming from Calaba. So you really have this good base of uh, demand that continues to propel the take-up for uh, residential projects in Calabarzon. And add to that the fact that some uh, investors from uh, Metro Manila are aggressively looking at uh, Cavite, Laguna, and Batangas. In fact, uh, anecdotally, I know some uh, owners of uh, properties uh, in uh, beach-oriented mm-hmm. as well as resort-oriented projects in the likes of uh, Batangas, uh, Tagaytay, Cavite. And uh, what they've realized is that over the past few months, they're seeing more inspection of residential units uh, in their neighborhood. So that is, you know, a very good anecdotal piece of evidence that we have been getting. And uh, again, I I just want to emphasize the fact that really it's uh, that layer of demand coming from OFWs that partly propels the demand for these residential units, especially the sweet spot, RJ, for residential units, especially in the South, uh, is 1.7 to 6 million pesos per unit. And if you look at that demand, uh, OFWs, um, if you select certain projects, they would easily account for what 60, 70 percent of uh, total demand for, for from these uh, residential uh, projects. And for Calabay, in general, this uh, region, uh, 70 percent of demand is coming from that sweet spot as well, the 1.7 to 6 million pesos per residential unit. So, you know, there's really a lot of um, opportunities coming from OFWs, coming from uh, Philippines 
Latinos, millennials working in Metro Manila. And speaking of millennials, um, a lot of uh, developers are now really targeting uh, millennials. I, I've uh, conducted uh, a lot of webinars with the developers, and they're really targeting this ad to heart market or segment that they believe will uh, help drive the demand for these residential projects uh, moving forward because they were not able to travel in 2020. They're trying to save uh, on, on luxury um, items. So uh, with this uh, savings that uh, they were able to accumulate uh, during the pandemic and early part of uh, 2021, they realize that, okay, probably it's about time that I acquire a property. So, you know, this is now part of uh, their add-to-cart list, and uh, let's see if uh, they uh, check out uh, in the near term. Importante ang mag-save, pero bakit marami ang walang ipon? The answer is because we don't spend enough time in learning practical financial strategies. This is Fitz Villafuerte, a registered financial planner, and I'm inviting you to listen to the 80% podcast. Kung saan tuturuan ko kayo kung paano yumaman. So join me and let's talk about personal finance on the 80% podcast. What could you say, I mean, anecdotally or even with evidence that because of this crisis, it actually influenced more OFWs or more millennials to invest in real estate? And then I'm not particularly a speculative, but rather, you know, first on real estate than before. Because, like, my presumption was that real estate actually increased purchases because they said there's no travel. I, I shouldn't spend on non-essential things or luxury goods. I should just spend on real estate. Have you seen that sort of happening for you, Joey? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, in fact, uh, whenever I would um, have webinars, whenever we would want these webinars with the developers, I would, you know, pick the brain of uh, the marketing officers and the sales teams uh, that... Uh, would invite men and they really tell me that uh, um, right now it's uh, really the off the beliefs that uh, would easily account for more than half of uh, the demand. And uh, one trend that they've been seeing is that uh, some uh, young uh, professionals, those working in Toronto are now, you know, starting to uh, invest. Like, for instance, uh, what will a um, two, three million investment uh, be able to acquire or uh, buy in Metro Manila? What if I invest that outside of Metro Manila? Will I be able to have a bigger space? Will I be able to live in you know, uh, a, a residential unit where I'll have enough uh, space to carve out my own home office, especially if they uh, are working from home? So you know, there's, there's really a lot of factors that have really been driving the, the demand, uh, especially when this pandemic started and which we continue to see where we're already approached the end of 2021. And it's, it's the same trend that we're seeing. And as I mentioned, uh, some of these, uh, we were already seeing pre-pandemic, but the COVID-19 crisis only exacerbated or accelerated these uh, trends in the property market. Okay, so great. So what's really happening is that we're just seeing an acceleration of what was bound to happen. Okay. And then going back to you now, Boss Ali, the, the first question I have is, I mean, oh, well, ho hopefully you can help me validate, no? uh, 
what Joe was discussing was actually something I wanted to get into. What are the price points people are actually looking into? Because, you know, many times people are thinking of, you know, when we talk about real estate investment, it has to be big investments in, in which, which you rent out the, when you, where you rent out the apartments. That's usually people's idea of real estate investments. But uh, like for me, my perspective of real estate investment is investing in your first home because that's the, that's the most important investment that you make. What are you seeing from your perspective? Number one, in terms of the OFW market, do you see where they're coming in from, what particular jobs, and let's say, how are they actually putting in this pandemic? How are they actually putting money in? How, how are they getting money into the country? Okay. If you check the, the profile of the OFWs, one, last year, everybody was scared. Actually, June 24, last year, there was a headline by Dole saying that they were expecting June 24 headlines. Uh, they were saying that OFW remittances will drop by 40%. If you just believe in that, then you'll really get scared. Because April, May, there were about, what, 400,000 OFWs who were repatriated, right? Yes, I know. That, that scared, that scared that, all of us, right? Handy, that so it was scary. But then July, it already went up by 7.6, and then September, and then at the end of the year, it only went down by 0.08%, right? So it was almost the same. One thing that people don't realize is that 39.6% of, or let's say 40% of the OWs, OWs who are deployed are into elementary jobs. So these were the majority of them. So 40% were in elementary jobs. And these were the first ones na medyo repatriate once crisis like this set in. Mm -hmm. So these were not the people who are prepared to invest. So even if the, the pandemic didn't happen, this is the market that is not buying properties yet. So those who were there are in very productive jobs, uh, especially recently, yung mga sa, sa medical natin. So these were the ones who remained there, and they are the ones who are uh, who are highly skilled and professionals, highly paid, and they have stable jobs. So they were the ones making good money. Nagkataon that very few developers were prepared Naman, uh, these were the, the developers who, who positioned themselves and prepared to do online transactions. Other developers can say they think, I online because we're just small. Now they realize the importance of that one. So developers who are ready to do online transactions, accepting digital uh, signatures, accepting online payments, they were the ones who really made money during this time, no? Then, Silvan buyers, uh, about 80% of those buyers were all the blues. Dito, medyo hirap tayo. How do you connect to them? How do you market to them? And yung mga developers who were prepared to do virtual tours, who were able to do live presentations, they were able to capture this market. So what I'm trying to say is that to the developers, there's a market there. Now it's up to you to really position yourself to capture this market. And they are not all in Metro Manila. And they are not just buying Metro Manila. That's so right. it's really now time to expand our horizons and look at other areas. There are a lot of opportunities. Now that you mentioned, again, let's go back. Calabar Zone. For people in Luzon, I think most of people here are in Luzon, look at Calabar Zone and say, uh, as mentioned by Joey Kanina, the, the, the price points of about 1.7 to about 3 million. These are the end users, first time buyers, end users, 
less them no but in the caliber zone area the good thing about that is that you have that market and you have the affluent market who are looking for second homes and leisure homes so like and what is the favorite uh, place now you go to the data na manila moody as reported their inquiries are looking at baguio tagaytay and tiporo in that order so why people now want to go out do they want to go to nature Look out for properties which are the reefs and ridges, beaches and mountains. People want to go to nature. Before, we only go there for recreation. But now, three major factors that will affect the properties of the values of real estate. One will be infrastructure. Two will be logistics. Three will be technology. Now we can be productive, just like what we're doing. We're not doing this a year ago, or two years ago. That's right. That's right. Where your phone is, there's your business. Where your laptop is, there's your business. You can be productive anywhere. So that will affect now the prices of properties. It has already decentralized the, the appreciation. That in as a Metro Manila. So now people want one more space for their peso. What can you get for six million here in the metro? Twenty-seven square meter condo. Yeah, that's right. What can you get in in Batangas, diba? uh, Especially the top forty of Batangas. Top forty, diba? Inabutan sila case occasion before. That's right. <laughs> the top forty is top four T's, which is at Talisay Tagaytay Tanawan Taal. That area is 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 growing. They have a lot of options, and they have a lot of things to offer. Because that's the short... I mean, you can go... You want to go far, but you want to go drivable distance lang ba? This one's about one hour lang. So you don't want to waste a lot of time driving and traveling, especially if you have a short weekend. So watch out for these areas. So the Tagaytay, Talisay, Tanawan, and Taal. Uh, Joey, I wanted to ask. Just want to ask with you: the, the, is that something that you can that you're also seeing as well over over there? That these are the, like I know that Tagaytay is, you know, I, I, also from that's the Moody, others yeah. it's going Tagaytay and Talisay, the nearby Talisay area, where there's still a view and it's it's near nature, but near enough to the city for comfort. Yes, um, definitely. Uh, as I highlighted earlier, buyers, uh, investors, and users are looking for resort-oriented uh, communities, integrated uh, uh, community townships, uh, and residential units, and um, this will, you know, help. Uh, drive the, the demand for uh, residential uh, units moving forward. This uh, beachside, beachfront properties, and uh, as I mentioned, we also have uh, gathered a few anecdotal uh, pieces of evidence that uh, increase for these uh, types of properties have increased over the past few months. So definitely, we, we see this uh, type of demand being sustained. More investors, buyers are looking for open spaces, uh, healthier. Uh, residential units and the COVID-19 pandemic uh, has only highlighted this uh, demand in uh, in the market. Well, re- really great story. So we're seeing it, it, it's, it's, it's highlighted at the same time many people are wanting to move out. They want to go to wide open spaces as well because of, I guess, the, you know, it's really great for uh, social distancing uh, over there. A really great comment coming in right now from uh, uh, Boston Notarius, firstly saying super exciting forecast. Thanks so much, Boston. Yeah, it is a super exciting forecast. But on top of that one, Boston is also saying real estate will rebound and rebound more in 2021 and 2022. Get ready for a great real estate opportunity. Take advantage and focus with your career. Thanks so much, uh, uh, Boston, uh, for those 
uh, words of inspiration. And Joey, I want to just ask right now that if we can kind of sort of break it up right now, Calabarzon, kind of big, people are seeing it, you know, very as, as one big piece. But if you were to cut it up, let's say Cavite, Batangas, Rizal Quezon, um, yeah. and then yeah, if you do if you do that one, can you tell us, like for example, for for me, if it's Cavite, uh, what comes to mind first of all is that it's a it used to be a bedroom community, so people who are working in Manila would buy would you know they would get something there because it's, it's nearest to Manila. But what, what's your take right now? What's hot in Cavite right now? Cavite uh, right now, what uh, we have been seeing is a development of more integrated communities. You're correct, uh, RJ. Previously, it's a bedroom community for employees working in Metro Manila, right? And after working, after the 9 to 5 shift, they uh, go back to their um, houses uh, in, in Cavite. But what we have been seeing in Cavite is, uh, is that over the past decade, there has been an aggressive expansion development of integrated communities. So you have these parcels of land wherein you don't uh, just offer houses or residential communities, but you even have business hubs. And uh, these business hubs are now complemented by these uh, residential uh, units. So um, especially uh, complemented by the more affordable economic housing. And uh, uh, of course, uh, if you look at uh, Batangas and Laguna, primarily uh, industrial um, uh, hubs uh, previously, but uh, what we have been seeing also is that these industrial hubs, uh, locations are also being uh, complemented by the development of more uh, residential uh, communities, especially those that are from economic affordable to mid-income projects. So definitely the, these are the types of housing uh, that uh, will continue to dominate demand in those three areas, Cavite, Laguna, as well as Patangas. But, you know, one um, indicator that we have also been seeing, and, you know, this should be a positive thing for a lot of uh, developers, is that the demand for lot-only projects has Are also you? been sustained. Not only that, the prices of lots that are doing very well right now are from the uh, luxury uh, segment. So these are yeah. the lot only projects that uh, would cost about three, four million uh, or, or much, much higher. And, um, you know, these are the, the projects that uh, will really be more attractive in these locations. Uh, when I randomly looked at the projects that are doing well. Um, these uh, You have pr projects that are at 25,000 pesos per square meter, but also have the higher priced, uh, not only projects at 50, 60,000 pesos per square meter. So you really have that range, the wide range in uh, the market. So again, this is another opportunity that um, developers can tap. And given that most of the best-selling not only projects are from the luxury segment, we believe that uh, moving forward, um, these are the you know types of uh, projects that will continue to dominate at this point. In fact, they cover about 50-70% of uh, lot only uh, demand in, in the area, Cavite, Laguna, and Batangas. And this is indicative of the purchasing power of those residing uh, in those provinces, Cavite, Laguna, Batangas. So this uh, shows that uh, from economic or affordable a lot of projects previously, the uh, residents and investors coming from those locations are now uh, becoming uh, rich 
future and you know are having a greater purchasing capacity so that should be a positive for a lot of uh, developers and investors especially if you want to resell your property in the future great i, I want to go a bit more into, into the lot only because that that actually interests me right now you're saying many of them are buying right now they are both investors and also people who want to um, who are growing more affluent in the province no can you tell me what what's the profile of the of these slot only investors where are they coming from are they OFWs are they locals what do they do with the property and, and what are they looking for in terms of the, the properties if they're lot only well at this point it's really a mix of OFWs as well as uh, locals um, as I mentioned earlier you have previously you have a lot of um, employees coming from Cavite Laguna Batanga and the working in the Metro Manila now they want to invest uh, in their own residential units that they want to buy their own uh, lot only unit and build their own house uh, in the future. But again, what's uh, notable is that the average prices of lot-only projects that are doing, uh, performing very well at this point, are considered the luxury lot-only projects, a price starting at 2.4 million pesos per unit. So that is, you know, again, indicative of uh, the rising purchasing capacity of employees and investors coming from Cavite, Laguna, and the Batang. So that should present an opportunity opportunity both uh, for the developers as well as those uh, investors that would like to resell their properties in the future. So really, uh, this is one opportunity uh, that the developers should should tap and maximize. Yeah. And so it's, it's strange because this this opportunity really started to re-emerge again during the pandemic because people are now, yeah. you know, they're not traveling, they're saving money. So so they're using a bit more to say, hey, you know, let's let's have a longer term investment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Boss Andy, what can you say about that? Uh, you're, you're looking at, you know, lot, they're saying that a uh, lot only investments are, are doing pretty good, particularly in the uh, Cavite, Laguna, Butangas area. What's, what's your own experience? That's true. If you check the other data of the other uh, reports, no? Number one inquiry would be from house for house and lots and then lots. So so land. You know, RJ, 32 years ago when it started, when you say Cavite, you know that the the wala, the, wala sa itsura, 32 years ka na pala sa industriya. Wala naman sa itsura. I had more hair than uh then then. No? So but uh, during that time, when you say Cavite, it's identified with housing projects, by housing mm-hmm. projects in the set. But That's now right. To add to what uh, Joey uh, was saying earlier, and movements more are also on the high-end uh, projects, high-end properties. Developers are uh, there are a few launches last uh, this year, no, but most of these launches were horizontal projects then. And what's what are the prices? Forty thousand per square meter, thirty-five thousand per square meter. The projects also before that, that were not moving or they were very quiet, especially let's say the beach lots in uh, let's say in the Punta Fuego area. These are old yes. projects, Punta Fuego, Ocean Hills, those beaches in the Nasubu shoreline. They were selling at around what eighteen thousand, twenty-two thousand uh, earlier this year. Now you will see beach lots at seventy-five thousand, eighty-five thousand per square. Yeah. Yes, exactly. West Grove started at around 18,000 earlier this year, and then now you will see lots at 40,000 in the past eight months. Huh? So uh, people are, and these are not just for investments. There are already plans also of, of constructing. The, the projects, let's say Highlands and then Canyon Woods, uh, which were, what, 26-year-old projects, 
Now they have more applications for new constructions. So that shows now that these areas, which used to be there just for leisure, just for vacation, are now being looked at and considered as second homes now. They can be productive from their respective places. So that's good because indeed Nalang is speculative. People really can move there and be productive. Hello there, Chinkitan here, motivational speaker, wealth coach, best-selling author, and now host of Chink Positive Podcast. A podcast that aims to help you to become wealthy and debt-free by teaching you on how to save, budget, get out of debt, and invest. Powered by Podcast Network Asia. Available on wherever you get your podcasts. See you there! Uh, again, no, I, I want to talk about the bigger picture. Like earlier on, I asked Joey as well. No, uh, what are you seeing? Are you seeing specific uh, areas in, like in Cavite and Batangas and Laguna uh, that are different? Like, you know, are, are there specific areas that are or or residential types that are doing pretty well in these areas right now? In each of these areas. Okay. So one thing that was that's very glaring this uh, during this. Uh, an actual experience no? for, for the past uh, few months. That area of, that's the reason why I call it the 40s, because this, there are a lot of movements in those areas, even all the way to Laurel and then even Nasubbu. And then mm-hmm. uh, the, further, the higher part of Cavite, which will mean like the Silang area, with the infrastructure going there. You see, boss? Right now, even without city bags, there are about six uh, six ways to go to Tagaytay, and people don't know about that. People, when they say Tagaytay, oh, traffic jam, because they only know the Santa Rosa or the Guinaldo route. But there are six ways to go there, and plus the city bags now with the calas open. I love, I oh. love passing through that calas, and when the city bags uh, maybe give it what another four years. Once it's done, once it's done, all the way to Nasubu, it, it will people will be missing a lot if they will not position themselves in those areas. So these are areas where people can still buy at very good prices. Imagine we can, if you go to the near parts, where you'll be investing what fifteen thousand, twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand. Uh, 
medyo, not everybody can afford it. But there are places now in those areas that I mentioned, which can still be bought for about less than 10,000 per square. So you still have a lot of room to grow. One thing that uh, Joy also mentioned earlier, and he highlighted, was the integrated cities, no? Communities. Oh, yeah. Oh. The Rowena of IWG, they call it the 15-minute cities. Now, what I would call this is, these are the bubble communities now. Because, diba, when we do the lockdowns now, it will be just by bubbles. So the important thing to consider is that what is in your bubble? If they close it down, ba, can you still work? Where is the play, where's the source of food? Where's the source of food? Where's the source of recreation? So uh, there are areas now where in even lockdown, now, I'll give you an, uh, uh, an exact example now. Let's say in that Talisay area, no. Mag-lockdown, the fish port is there, five minutes away. Mag-lockdown, the beef are fresh every day. Uh, farms are all around you. Yes, and then recreation. People now prefer, and these are in all the reports, people now prefer outdoor recreation. Hiking, trailing, biking, horseback, wakeboarding. Beach, lake, because Metro, we're now kind of scared being in enclosed areas. Eh? So just follow the trend. Again, population direction and lifestyle change. This is what we have to observe if we want to, to invest. Thanks so much, Boss Andy. Uh, sinasabi ko, so sa Talisay, bagong katay lang, kakain, pwede mo kainin na yung, yung beef. <laughs> And then yung bagong huli na dun sa fish port. Natumilis, na dyan ka kaagad, di ba? Plus, boss, baka sabihin nila, very, these are very vague assumptions and examples of how active real estate is. And you can feel the excitement. Can I mention names of developers? Please go ahead, please. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yesterday, Jensa uh, Cebu, uh, Casamira South, sold one tower in one hour. One hour, yes. Congratulations, wow. Boston, the Filipino homes for that one. Okay. Now let's go naman to Sukat, which is part of what Joey describes as the fringes outside. That's right. Fringes That's right. of CBDs, no outskirts. See, Isoc Land sold 100 units in August. Ghost month. Ghost month. Wow. Ghost month. 100 units in, in Sukat. So, that shows you that the market is active. You see, people's opinions depend on what on the information that they get. Where are you getting your information? If you rely on the headlines, negative headlines, depressing news, fake news, so you just focus on the positive. Where can you find positive news? Go to real estate news. <laughs> In real estate news, VH, uh, yes. of Boss Andy. Uh, I have another question now. Now, another one that, that, that I'm curious about is actually uh, Tagaytay Joey, because you know what? It's over the, you know, you know the Taal uh, eruption, and of course, you know, it's been a great tourist spot, but you know, what, what, where, where is it right now? How is, how is Tagaytay doing in terms of uh, investment or residential or, or whatever type of investment people are making right now in that area? Well, there were initial uh, concerns with the Tagaytay, right? Uh, you're correct, especially with uh, the Taal uh, volcano eruption uh, early 2020. In fact, we got a lot of um, inquiries after that. But 
you know, what's uh, also notable, RJ, is that immediately after the eruption, um, we didn't see any uh, drop in the prices of uh, properties near within the area, within the Tagaytay. And uh, in fact, uh, a lot of uh, investors are still actively looking at uh, Tagaytay because, uh, again, they're looking for uh, residential properties wherein, uh, you know, they have they enjoy a bigger space, more open spaces. And, uh, you know, these are just some of the factors that uh, we've seen have also driven the uh, demand uh, during uh, the pandemic and even uh, early part of uh, 2021. And definitely, uh, Tagaytay uh, stands out because of the resort-oriented project that uh, we see in the area. Not only that, uh, the infrastructure connectivity has also raised and uh, propelled demand for uh, residential units in Tagaytay. And uh, I believe that after the Taal volcano eruption, interest in Tagaytay has been sustained, if not even you know even outpaced the, the interest that wow. it uh, received pre-pandemic uh, and uh, before the uh, Taal eruption. So again, definitely Taal is one key hotspot for residential uh, properties in the south. Uh, you have infrastructure and uh, uh, again, the, the demand for uh, Filipinos, especially those that are looking for uh, the uh, higher value properties in the south. Tagaytay definitely is uh, and will remain a hotspot for uh, these investors. I, I'm looking at just a comment over here from the from the chat box from Herbert Tan. Canyon Woods, 200 million book sales during the COVID pandemic. I don't doubt that, boss Herbert. Really great job that you guys are doing there in uh, in Canyon Woods. Uh, boss Andy, uh, how about your own feedback? I want to hear what, what, what's been happening for you, Tagaytay, as well, no? Like you said, you've been here for years. You've actually tracked the, <laughs> that you've tracked the eruptions in the area. In fact, yeah. to say that you know, oh, tell us a bit more about what's your experience with the Tagaytay. Okay. The reason why I have a a very special connection with with the Taal Tagaytay. I was born in September 28, 1965, which was the time that Tagaytay also erupted. At level four, VI four, uh, Taal volcano erupted 35 times, 37 times in 1670. But only four eruptions were that strong. No, four eruptions. So all the rest, all the rest were eruptions which people, where people go there and watch. Plus, it's letting the steam off, letting the steam off. It has also become the attraction. Why did, aside from the weather, what? Give the value to the properties in Tagaytay, that volcano, <laughs> that that lake, and I've been selling uh, Tagaytay different projects in Tagaytay since 1989, and that was still the same question over and over and over and over again. Papano ko erupt But you will see now the developments there, the huge houses there that are being built. But now people have realized you don't even have to build a huge house for vacation home. The most practical thing now is to build a nice house, just manageable, just for your for your personal use, no? which can also be used by what? Um, my favorite show now on Netflix is World Class Vacation Rentals. I love uh-huh. that. And Zoe, you observed also that yung sa tourism natin, anong malakas na take up yung mga villas. 
Even uh, Architect Kathy yesterday mentioned about the new developments will be like more on villa developments, mm -hmm. private uh, amenities, because again, people want to go out and have exclusivity, very minimal shared enclosed uh, spaces. You know, so if you have, if you build the house there, which can you can also use for vacation rentals, then uh, you have a very good potential also for generating income. So, yeah, that area is really, really exciting. I'm excited as well. Uh, you know, I wish we could keep on talking on and on about this one. Uh, but we're coming close to the, to, the, uh, to the end of the show. But here's one more question I just want to ask. You know, there's two ways to look at real estate in terms of investment, no, uh, Joey? One is real estate investment, I guess, no, for, for uh, I wouldn't say speculative property, but rather property that you're looking at that you either want to flip or invest for the future or, you know, or just uh, or, or rent out, no? So there's real estate investment of that type, and there's real estate investment as as a as a first home, right? That's how I see it. So wearing those two different hats, and you look at the Calabar zone area, where for you is a great place to make that sort of real estate investment, you know, for you know for the future and the type of real estate investment that you want to make for uh, for a first home. You know, Ajay, I would say that it's really mixed at at this point because if you look at uh, the capital appreciation potential of these properties and not only projects that are being offered in Calabarzo, and definitely there's a huge potential because of uh, the integrated communities being developed, the infrastructure projects, public projects being completed by the uh, government and even the interest uh, from locals as well as OFWs. And in fact, a lot of developers have really been very strategic with their you know, land banking activity. So you know, if you have a lot only projects uh, and investments uh, such as house and lot, uh, definitely, and, and you want to resell these in, in the future, definitely the potential of capital appreciation is there. On the other side, you have that uh, demand for the first-time uh, buyers, the end users, and and uh, as I mentioned, OFWs will continue to drive that demand in the market. Imagine a fifth of OFWs working abroad or a fifth Filipinos being um, deployed every year coming from Calabarzon. So use that as a proxy of the $33, $40 billion being sent in every year. Just great imagine, idea. Really great idea. So that's what you got to do. Imagine, forecast mana, yeah, <laughs> just imagine that amount being injected to your regional, local economy. And uh, definitely, you have that uh, continued stream of uh, demand and user demand that will uh, continue to come from your OFWs, Filipinos working abroad. Not only that, um, even their relatives that uh, are living in Calabarzon but have uh, the relatives working abroad, uh, some of the remittances are still being, are being sent and being allocated for their uh, real estate uh, requirements. And there are several reports being released, but I think one of the 
remittance firms uh, release a report saying that about a fifth of these remittances are being uh, set aside for the real estate the requirements wow. of OFW. That, so that, just that's, really, that's really great. That's really great news yes. for me because that's, a, that's one of the best investments they can make. Yeah. Imagine that amount being yeah. allotted for uh, housing. Wow. And uh, again, we're still trying to bridge that the housing backlog in the Philippines. So a lot of factors uh, really that uh, should sustain the demand both for those that are planning to flip and earn from the increase in uh, the capital values of their properties and those uh, that are are relying on end-user demand. Really great I really like that inside, Joey. So what you do as a proxy for demand, just just look at look at the data for OFW deployment and choose those areas if you want to do at least investment there, even if it's in land or lot only. That's where you go. Really yeah, great correct. advice. Thanks so much, Joey. Uh, uh, Boss Andy, could you like? To, I'd like to also ask your own opinion. One one wearing the real estate investor hat, and I guess one wearing the real estate, uh, I guess home investment uh, hat or homeowners uh, hat. Yeah. So I'd like to add to what uh, Joy mentioned, uh, that the money's there from the OFWs. But what really makes the property values appreciate? What makes land valuable? It is something uh, the population is growing, but the land is not, right? Now, if you check the charts, which region has the fast, fastest population growth? 4A. Calibers home. So that answers it. Nandun na lahat ng pera na sinabi nga ni Sir Joy kanina, nandun pa yung population growth. So you have this combination. Now to answer your question, uh, uh, for first-time buyers, for first-time investors, if it's for your personal use, for your personal home, then of course, what is your personal need? Near your place of work, near your children's schools, no? However, for investment, what is your investment objective? Again, there are two reasons why people buy, you know, one for personal use, one is for investment. And if it is for investment, I always ask them to follow the acronym THINK. THINK when you invest. THINK means timing. And then what's your holding capacity? The information that you need about macro and microeconomic influences on the property. N is the need. What is your investment objectives? Do you want capital appreciation or do you want recurring income for that? And then K is the knowledge on financial management. How much budget do you have and how much do you have for to allocate for that one? So think invest. Really great insights. Again, thank you so much, uh, Boss Joey and Boss Andy. It's been a really insightful session for all of us. Uh, and before I just let you go, you know, um, there are many people watching watching us, watching from all around the country here. I just have right now from Dumaguete over here. I can see from Cebu. I saw from Bohol. I saw from Iloilo. I saw from Cagayan de Oro. Joey, um, you know, you've got the data in your hands. Tell us, tell us a bit more about the bright future that we can all look forward to right now for the real estate industry here in the Philippines. Well, it starts with a very good macroeconomic forecast for the Philippines. Uh, the Philippines grow by 4-5% uh, this year. So that is a turnaround from a contraction that we posted in 2020. The property market, uh, RJ, is cyclical. And uh, what we have seen in the past is that the prices would naturally correct during times of economic crunch. We saw that during the Asian financial crisis and global financial crisis. But the prices, of course, normally uh, reflect the improvement in economic output and rebound 
the country's economic performance. And uh, a, a property market is uh, one segment that uh, also grows uh, and um, develops uh, as, uh, um, and, uh, you know, expands uh, based on uh, the uh, growth of uh, the economy. And we believe that uh, once this uh, pandemic wanes and the Philippine economy recovers, definitely the Philippine property market will also start to pick up or perhaps even grow at a much faster pace. We see that in the office market, but we are also seeing green shoots of recovery in the residential market, uh, sustained demand even during the pandemic. So just imagine the potential for growth once we expand, once the economy grows at a faster pace, starting 2021 and even in 2020. So definitely opportunities abound and uh, what we need to do is to line up our marketing efforts, uh, touch base with our potential clients and if we can invest now that uh, mortgage rates remain competitive, uh, especially That's with right. some developers offering promos that we didn't see prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. So definitely a lot of uh, growth opportunities in the market. Yeah, let's prepare for those growth opportunities. Make sure to, again, stay safe, stay healthy, and of course, get yourself vaccinated. Thanks so much, Joey Bondock of College International for that inspiration. Uh, looking forward to a very healthy, healthy property market come 2020, later 2021 and 2022. Uh, boss Andy, your last words. You've, be, you've always been such a great inspiration for those of us working in the real estate industry for many, many years. Right? And uh, how would you like to inspire us moving forward 2021 and 2022? Okay. I'd like to take off from what uh, Joy mentioned about the correction. If you follow there, they have a very interesting chart. They have a very interesting slide, which is about the historical graphs, the historical values of properties, wherein you will see a very nice trend, but there was a big hump from end 2017 and corrected in 2020, right? So there was this Cuba, there was this... Uh, Camel's hump. Nagkaroon correction. And for me, correction, I define correction as another opportunity for the next generation of investors. You see, if, they, if it did not correct, we, it's difficult for people now to catch up. Difficult, difficult. In, in 20, November 2019, December, January, I was already talking about a market shift that was about to happen. Even without COVID, it would have been, it would have corrected, but not this abrupt, no. But it was getting too high, too many units, too many players, getting out of reach now. So now there's this correction. If you still miss this opportunity to, to invest, when everything's normal again, well, it's your decision. But again, prices will be definitely uh, different. The good tip would be there are projects now. You have comparison. People think that pre-selling is always lower. No. Mm -hmm. You will actually see projects that are completed, that are very that are ready to, to, to build already, but still offering the terms which are even softer than pre-selling. So ready for occupancy or ready to build projects, pero at pre-selling price and terms. So take advantage of those. Like we said at the start of this program, Albert Einstein did say that in the midst of every crisis, there is a great opportunity. And Herbert Tan, again, of Canyon Woods, does say it over here, no? His comment, I just want to add this last comment. The dips are always good, similar to the stock market. Dips are always opportunities for people, you know, like they said also, no, never let a good, uh, Winston Churchill said, never let a good opportunity 
go to waste. Uh, the crisis go to waste. Okay. So again, thank you so much to all those who listen. Thank you so much to all our friends from Filipino Homes who have been listening to us here as well. Thanks to all our friends from Colliers as well, from Habitas, from Keller Williams. I hope you guys enjoyed the RJ Ladesma podcast. If you guys like the RJ Ladesma podcast, like my good friend Joey over here who's been listening to the podcast. Joey, I really appreciate it. Glad you're finally here on the show. If you're enjoying this podcast and you're learning a lot from it, please subscribe and invite more people to listen to the podcast. I will see you guys again next Tuesday. Until then, stay safe, stay well, stay healthy. Maraming salamat, mabuhay. Thank you. 